0: From the Diocese of Springfield in Illinois, this is Dive Deep, where we dive deep into our Catholic faith alongside Father Chris House and Amber Servani. I'm Andrew Hansen, Father Michael Friedel back for us for our final installment of Real World Questions, Real Catholic Answers. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, the conversation. Uh, kind of use a sounding board. If uh, what should you say to your friend who's sleeping around? Uh, we're also going to talk about what if uh, one of your friends comes to you and uh, announces that he or she is gay. As a Catholic, what should your response be? Um, again, that sounding board uh, notion, what should you, which if they bring that up to you and, they're, and they're, they want something to come out of you, you know, which, what should that look like? Uh, but the first thing we will talk about is the whole sleeping around issue. And before we get to kind of the advice or, or what you guys recommend as lay Catholics we should be talking to our friends about, let's talk about Catholic Church teaching on this issue of human sexuality, of why marriage is reserved for one person, or, or, or I'm sorry, of, you know, obviously a man and a woman, and why it is sinful to sleep around. So, Father House, we'll start with you on, on the Catholic Church teaching side of things. Why is the church frown upon that uh, and, and doing that sort of behavior?
1: Well, marriage as a sacrament, the reality of marriage is ordered to two things, to the good of the spouse, and then to the procreation education of children. So intimacy then, sexual intimacy, belongs in marriage because of those two ends. Okay? So the church teaches that sexual intimacy cannot exist outside of the sacrament of marriage because of the two ends. Because that, that unitive aspect cannot be achieved outside of that sacrament. And the procreation of children is not to be done outside the sacrament of marriage that's not to say that if children are conceived outside of marriage that does not diminish the sacredness the sanctity of their life but that that gift of life is to be is to be given is to be created within the sacrament of marriage so therefore intimacy that physical intimacy that sharing between the man and the woman has to take place within the sacrament of marriage
0: Father Frieda, when you've been you know talking with couples in marriage prep, do you think it's healthy for people who are about to be married to go over their past with their soon-to-be spouse and maybe mention these times of, yeah, I have slept around and but you know now I'm now I'm true to you, or or do you think that um, they should just kind of hide that part of their lives uh, to maybe not bring you know foster any friction, so to speak?
2: I mean, obviously, honesty is going to be uh, key. It doesn't mean you have to go into you know grave detail about like every you know every little interaction you've ever had with anyone you know it's important to realize I think as um, you know future spouses that you know the other is not perfect right just as I am not perfect and so there might be things in my past that I'm not proud of but what matters is my today right am I going to be able to give a full gift of myself right here and right now to you as my spouse and you know I think to be honest with each other about that, to have those conversations before you're married. Yeah.
0: Now we are our brother's keeper. Um, so what would you two recommend if, if I have a friend who I know is sleeping around, do I just go up to him and just say, Hey man, I got to have a conversation with you. Like this is not good. I mean, obviously that's really, really hard to do as a friend, but are, are we, are I'm, I'm called to do that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that, yeah, we are our brother's or sister's keeper. Of course, you know, getting back once again, Why? Why are they doing this? Because many times there's something else going on, whether it be alcohol or drugs or spending or eating or sex or whatever it is. Many times these are false attempts to medicate something else that's going on that a person themselves may not even be cognizant of, may not even realize that emptiness that's there or they've convinced themselves that it's been masked or that it doesn't exist. So once again, why am I doing what I'm doing? And that, and there's usually, and some people just because I want to do it. Well, for some people that may be a true answer, but many times there's something more going on. And it is, it's not an easy question to have because people, it's none of your business. Well, Mm. but this is not going to lead to your ultimate good. This is not going to build up your well-being. This behavior could very, very much have serious consequences to it.
0: The problem, I'm, the trouble I, you know, see is our, our culture and what young people are bombarded with on social media, television, movies especially, um, they, they glorify that, you know, it's it's fun, it's exciting, uh, you're your own person, you know, you live your own life and, and things like that. Boy, Amber, it's... It, It'd be so hard to have that conversation with, you know, with a friend if, you know, if, if you know that, you know, to Father House's point, you know, we are called to do that. And it's like how to navigate that. And that's what I'm afraid of. If you were to have that conversation, what you just said, it's none of your business. And then you maybe fracture that friendship and things like that. And that's what makes these issues so, so sticky and so challenging as Catholics, because we are, we are called, you know, our standards are, are the highest, I believe, you know, we are called to a moral and ethical life. And it's just, it's so difficult.
3: I think the thing that kind of stands out to me too is this, um, idea of how we value life. So we talked about earlier, um, in our own lives, we don't value ourselves. We don't see ourselves as son or daughters of God. And so then when our own self-worth is diminished, we seek, um, you know, our relationship with somebody else possibly to build up our worth because then we're, our worth now becomes that other person, how they value us. And then second, um, we don't even value new life. So now we, we, get rid of babies, like we don't care, like it's a second thing. So to get pregnant, is not even a consequence, because we don't even value that life. So it just seems like the whole thing kind of circles a little bit around this issue of life and our diminished, you know, worth, or how we now, you know, have diminished worth because of, I don't know, social media, or um, just how the world kind of plays out.
2: I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of people coming to me and, uh, and you know, my friends admitting to me that,
3: it, <laughs> that it, they have these relationships and that but, kind of
2: thing. But at least you may, you may know,
0: though. So, so, yeah, do you, do you <laughs> approach? You know, it's one of those things like, ah, I, I know you are. You're not coming to me saying, sure, hey, I'm right. sleeping around. But, you, you know, as a friend, you know that's happening.
2: <laughs> yeah, perhaps. <laughs> you know, the, the one thing that I, I talk to, um, you know, some of my high schoolers about, but it's just as valid for, you know, men and women in their, in their early 20s um, or, you know, wherever they are before, before marriage, but um, is that, especially girls, you know, I talk to them about, you know, really until the day that a man stands up in front of you, in front of your parents, in front of everyone you've ever loved, <laughs> right, stands up in front of you, puts a ring on your finger and tells, tells you, I will give myself completely to you forever. That, that man does not deserve all of you until that moment, that he's willing to make that kind of sacrifice, until he's willing to say, I, I would die for you. Um, short of that, he does not deserve the full gift of yourself, right? Because you are too beautiful <laughs> to be just given away in that way. Um, and I think that's something, you know, we desire, as Amber was saying, we desire that, um, that validation of our self-worth. And I think that's what a lot of people, especially young people, are looking for. They want Someone to love them so completely. Um, the problem is when we throw ourselves after that too early, um, then it can it can kind of backfire on us, and we we end up relying on things that are not necessarily healthy. I, I would also say to those you know who have, um, you know, who find themselves in a position where they've maybe had um, relations with another person before before marriage. That does not mean you're broken, and it does not mean that you're worthless, right? Because um, that's also something that you know, that I see is, you know, uh, relation, the relationship didn't work out. You know, I thought we were going to get married, or I thought this was the love of my life, and then, you know, now it's not, and now I've given myself away in this way. Mistakes happen, right? But God can put that back together. Come to him in the sacrament of reconciliation. Receive his mercy, uh, receive his forgiveness and uh, be restored to that beautiful gift um, that that you can now give. Yeah,
0: what you just said was beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like the way you the way you you phrase that, especially, and I think for for women, I think you hit it right on that. For women to hear that, uh, because I think we still live in a culture where uh, it's almost like you know, it's still it's it's more or less a still male dominated culture. And it's the women who feel they need to be more validated and it's a false validation. Yeah. It's, it's false love. Um, and yeah, I think women need to hear this to, to, to know that yet yeah, until that man publicly says it, that's what I said to my wife. It's more, it's, it's the public proclamation yeah. in front of everyone. Um, it's not this private thing that's happening. Like, yeah, I am declaring before everyone. The proof is in the pudding now. Like I'm, I'm actually here cause I'm in it for the long haul for you it's such a beautiful moment and it's really, yeah, that, that, that's what really I think solidifies what a healthy and good relationship should look like. So on that note, so we'll switch gears now to our, that, that second topic we talked about um, if your friend uh, or if you're a parent, let's say if you're a friend or a parent and your, your son or daughter or your friend comes to you and announces that he or she is gay, what's your response be as, as someone who's Catholic? And we bring up this topic because let's be honest in the news media, the Catholic Church gets hit hard on this topic um, there 's a lot of misnomers about our ch- church stance on this and how we treat people uh, who are gay and things like that so uh, let 's talk about that first uh, father house Catholic Church teaching. I think the biggest misnomer is the Catholic Church says if you 're gay you are you are sinning you're being a gay person means you are, a, you, are you are sinning and you 're sinning all the time that 's not the truth
1: no it 's not the truth um, and very sadly. At times, the church has done very poorly in getting out what she actually believes and teaches. So there's a distinction between a person and an orientation and a lifestyle. So a person's self-value is given by God, as we've talked about previously. And sexual orientation does not add, does not take away from that. That's one aspect of who a person is. Like many things in life, it's what do we do with the gift of sexuality that can be positive or that can be negative, that could even be sinful. So, we have to distinguish all of that. So, number one, we are a person made in God's image and likeness. Okay? So, then some people have a heterosexual orientation, some people have a homosexual orientation. And the church listens a lot to science in that, and the church doesn't have a definitive answer to orientation and to where these things come from and how these things work out, just as science is disputed as to various things, whether it's the nature school, the nurture school, various things like that. It's a whole mix of everything in between. What the church says first and foremost is that person, anybody, is to be loved. Anybody and everybody is to be loved. Sexual orientation cannot be a grounds to discriminate against somebody. Now, the church says that we're all called to use who we are and what we've been given for God's greater glory and the aspects of who we are are to be directed towards him that includes the gift of sexuality so once we get once again we have to go back to that the reality of what is sexual intimacy who is entitled to it and what's it ordered towards so sexual intimacy belongs within the sacrament of marriage because sexual intimacy as a part of marriage, it's ordered to the unity of the spouses and to the procreation of children. Okay? So what does the church teach? That if an act in itself is, can, is not ordered to both of those realities within marriage, then the act can't take place. So it goes back to our basic concept, our basic understanding of what human sexuality, what human intimacy is, and how that pl- plays into God's great design for the human race. I would say as a pastor, this, this topic has become more and more sensitive. One, because it was something that was not discussed until maybe 20, 30 years ago. And in more recent times now, it's something that everybody Most everybody has come to deal with, in one respect or another, among their family or friends. For Catholics, I think a lot of, probably didn't even discuss it, didn't have an opinion, whatever, 10, 15 years ago. But now, I think we'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who doesn't know someone who, or themselves in their lives, who, it's not a child or a sibling or a niece, or a nephew, or a cousin, or a good friend, or someone that they know, that they love, and that they care about, and they have same-sex orientation. And so that issue has become a reality now, and people get caught. And, and some people are extremely insensitive about it. Some people have said some very hateful things. Um, even some people who bear the name of Christian have said some very hateful and hurtful things, and that, that is not what the church teaches.
0: Father Fruto, I think what Father House really hit on is if if you have a son or daughter who announces this to you or a friend who maybe you didn't even know is to show love Mm -hmm. immediately, you know, embrace, you know, embrace them, talk to them, be that sounding board. But love is ultimately what Jesus calls us to do.
2: Absolutely. And that, you know, that doesn't change just because you disapprove maybe of someone's lifestyle if they're, you know, living in an overtly sinful way or, you know. And that could be anything, you know, if they're a, the bank robber that lives <laughs> down the street, you know, we're called to, to lead first with love. Right. And, you know, I've had people that have come out to me and, uh, you know, the first the first instinct is always you know, I love you just the same. Right. You're the same person sitting in front of me. This didn't just suddenly become true because you've announced it out loud. Right. Right. Um, I love you, you know, that, that should be sort of our, our leading intuition at first, but as well, um, I would say some of the problems that we get into, I think, um, as a church is that we, um, we don't lead with love, right? We, we don't, um, you know, we're called to preach the truth, but in charity. And sometimes we lose that charitable aspect, right? We're all about hitting people over the head with the truth. You know, this is our moral teaching and by gosh, you will know it. Um, but we forget to say, what position am I in, uh, to love them in this position, in this place? Um, and especially for, for some people in that place of, of real pain, you know, they, they're not sure. They're not sure if they're about to be rejected by everyone they've ever known and loved, you know? Um, so I would ask myself that as well. Can I love this person? um, maybe, maybe they need, uh, to hear what I, I am convicted is the truth and the good, uh, about the Catholic teaching about this, but maybe right now they just need to hear that love first, right? And then, and then we can, we can get to the law and the morality of it, uh, at another time. What position am I, am I in to really share with them in love the truth about what I know?
0: And I want to get both of your perspectives on, um, Sacrifice. So, Father House, you already, you already touched on, you know, why the Catholic Church teaches the way it does when it comes to marriage. Um, you know, I think, you know, you know, the Catholic Church says, you know, we're, we're opposed to that. But likewise, for me in my marriage, I can only be, I'm only committed to, to one person. I can't, I, the sacrifice, if you want to use that word, is I am not allowed or it is sinful to go sleep around with somebody else. Um, how much do you think our culture has just, you know, anything that's painful or a sacrifice, just, just get it away from me, get it away from me. We're actually, if we embraced suffering, that can actually help us and, and lead us to more glory and, and, and even more self-worth, worth in a sense.
1: Well, you're right, you're especially using the term sacrifice, because what is sacrifice? The ancient understanding of sacrifice across all cultures was to be in deeper communication with the divine, to be brought into deeper relationship with God, and that's achieved primarily and most effectively through forms of sacrifice. And so, no, that's the whole point. We live in a culture that rejects anything that is contrary to anything we want in the time, to anything that we think is going to satisfy us or inconvenience us or anything like that. So it's just if you want it, go for it. If you don't want it, then absolutely reject it. So it's, we live in a very subjective culture that doesn't like to deal with objective realities.
3: I think the issue that comes up with that, though, is how it can be perceived is um, you heterosexual person get to love and you get to have children and you you get, you get, you get. I'm the one who if like same as a woman who can't have a child. Well, woman who has children says, well, well, sacrifice. Sorry. You know, that's a hard message to receive, Um, especially
0: in today's culture. Totally.
3: Yeah. Um, So I, I think it's it's tricky for um I, I think that's why the conversation is just tricky i think it's how it's just perceived to say someone else you must sacrifice when i said person am not sacrificing is uh difficult
1: but amber you bring up a very good point with that the example is because this comes to so many aspects of catholic theology mm-hmm. that don't get discussed and the whole point is that god calls each of us to different things he doesn't we don't get to get we don't get called to everything but certain specific things. Some people are called to marriage. Some people are called to religious life or to holy orders and lived out in celibacy. Some are called to holy orders and are not called to live in celibacy, such as deacons. Uh, some people are single and they're looking for this. So they don't know what God's plan is. And then sometimes within certain aspects of life, so like the church teaches so like with children. That children are conceived through the natural union of man and woman, through that act, together, that unitive act. The church says no to things such as IVF, to in vitro fertilization. The church says that is not an option. But yet we have men and women who desire a child so much that even though the church says this, and it has a reason for saying it, that... Some people will abide by that and some won't. Some will make the sacrifice, some don't. And the the church is not a reality. It's not about the church of no, which people think that's what Catholicism is all about. Sadly, and that's a misunderstanding. But the reality is the Catholic church, the faith, that Jesus Christ is the God of yes. And even though we may be, have to say no to something, it's because we're being invited to say yes to something more, to something greater. And behind that, whatever it will be, will be a greater life with God. And so you bring up a very valid set of examples is that there's so many things in the church that it's not just about yes or no arbitrarily. There are reasons for this, there's a theology of this, there's an understanding of this, because God has a portion to each of us a specific part to play in this great design and drama of life and salvation and the building up of the body of Christ here and now. The challenge for us is to be comfortable with what God is asking us to do, the part we're being asked to play, knowing that it is going to be challenging, it's going to be difficult, it's going to involve sacrifice, and at times saying no to myself and what I think or what I want or even what the world's telling me you know do whatever you want it's okay in the end it's whatever well it doesn't work out that way the good news is we have a loving merciful patient and forgiving god who will deal with us in our mistakes and our faults and our self-centeredness but will always be calling us still to right relationship in him
0: yeah it's a, and that, I, I think you put it beautifully and i think amber yeah, when you when you have those people it's, it's one of those things you you lay out the you lay out why we believe the way we believe, and you love them, and and hopefully they can accept you know accept what we believe as as best we can, and it might be the old adage of you know we just agree to disagree on on how we perceive these uh, church each church teachings and, and church issues and things like that. But um, really appreciate that, Father. That was, that was really I mean yeah that that's, that's I think something that I think people need to hear, and also you don't hear that about about sacrifice, uh, uh, and when we have these. These very sticky things and what we were really called to do—that that greater glory—and um, I know Bishop Aprakis talked about authentic freedom is not doing what you please. Um, it, you know, there there is something behind that. There there's the natural law and and being connected to God ultimately is what is a hundred percent freeing, which I thought was really an interesting perspective on on what he said. Well, thank you guys for, uh, for the good conversation. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this series. Uh, if you like more podcasts, though, head on over to dio.org slash podcast, and we will see you next time here on Dive Deep.